0: We're all familiar with the story of Christmas, uh, especially when we talk about the actual events of Christ's birth, of Mary and Joseph coming to Bethlehem from Nazareth, traveling maybe three days or more, and um, giving birth, um, laying baby Jesus in a manger, uh, the shepherds getting the announcement from the angels and coming and worshiping, and. Then some events that we don't talk about a whole lot. Eight days after Jesus' birth, um, going with his his parents, taking him to be circumcised, and the importance of that um, event, circumcision being a sign of the covenant of God and his people, that uh, he would be their God, and they would be his people. It was a very important thing to God, and to people who believed and had faith, like Mary and Joseph. And then, uh, as required by the law, a woman who gave birth to a son 33 days after circumcision, going to the temple and performing the, the uh, rites of purification, offering a, a lamb and a dove, or if, if the person was poor, like in the case of Mary, two doves or two, two pigeons, uh, as a sacrifice for cleansing from the flow of blood, and uh, at the same time performing the rite of consecration for the firstborn, and Jesus was the firstborn in their family and so um, he was um, uh, this rite of consecration was performed at that same time, so that would have been uh, thirty three days after his his circumcision, roughly forty days after his birth, and then uh Luke chapter 2, verse 39, says this. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, which would would have been those three events that we talked about, circumcision, Mary's purification, and the um, consecration of Jesus as the firstborn, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth, Okay, so they had been living in Bethlehem during this time, during this 40, rough, roughly 40 days. And uh, uh, Luke says that they return to their own town of Nazareth. Now, the next event in the story of Jesus' birth is the visit of the Magi. So let's pick up the story with verse uh, Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Let's stop there for just a minute. This passage of scripture is packed. And we need to uh, spend some time talking about, first of all, who were who the Magi? Um, Herodotus, who was a Greek historian, talked about the Magi as being um, a group of people in the Persian Empire who had a priestly function. Um, if you read Daniel, Daniel refers to the advisors to the king in Babylon as Magi. These would have been the men who Uh, interpreted dreams, uh, who performed sacred duties of various kinds, uh, being advisors to the king, and they were referred to as magi. And so um, we don't know a lot about them. We we believe that they also um, probably, at at least in this case at this time, they had interest in the stars. Uh, They were possibly astrologers of some kind. And um, we know that they they were from the east. Back in verse 1, if we could look at verse 1 for just a minute, it says, um, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. Uh, where would the east be? Well, it would be east of Jerusalem. And it would probably be that area of the uh, known world at that time around Babylon, maybe further east, further north. We don't know for sure. But these magi were men who uh, devoted themselves to finding out um, the truth, finding out what, um, what things meant. They went deeper. And in this case, it seems that they've had perhaps some Um, information about um, the Jewish uh, prophecies that we know about through reading the Scripture, through reading the Old Testament Scripture. The only other possibility is that God revealed directly to them um, information about his son and uh, his birth, and also then uh, gave them this sign uh, the the star that they noticed and uh, followed. Um, but let's talk about another possibility. You might remember that when the northern ten tribes of Israel um, were finally defeated by the Assyrian empire, and um, they were. They were not just defeated and left in place. They were dispersed. They were um, exiled from their home. And they were exiled all over the Assyrian Empire, which would have covered the East at that time in history. And so um, some of the people who were exiled obviously had copies of the Law of Moses, copies of perhaps even... Uh, prophetic books of the Old Testament and took them with them. You also remember that when uh, the southern tribe of Judah finally fell in Jerusalem, that they were exiled as well to Babylon and probably beyond. And we know that uh, because the priesthood was was, uh, located in Jerusalem, that was their headquarters, and The Levites, um, probably copies of the law, copies of the Old Testament scriptures went with them into exile. Perhaps these copies somehow got into the hands of these magi from the east. And perhaps there were even believing Jews who um, taught them from, from these scriptures that they had. Maybe they just had... Certain portions, probably unlikely that they had the whole thing. Very few people would have had a whole copy of everything in the Old Testament. So maybe just fragments of scripture. And they learned about God from these people. That's a possibility, a very distinct possibility. One of the things that leads me to believe that this this has happened is the uh, specific specificity with which they spoke about this king of the Jews. Notice what they say in verse 2. So they've come from the east and they say, they come to Jerusalem because it's the capital of Israel. And they say, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now, how could they have figured from seeing a star that a king was, had just been born to the Jews, to the Israelites? Um, I think that probably they had come across some Old, old Testament scripture. And um, perhaps they had seen uh, the passage in Numbers 24, 17. Could we look at that for just a minute? Um, This is a prophecy that was made by the prophet Balaam when he was being hired by Balak, king of Moab, to curse the Israelites. And all he could say was things of blessing. And in this um, last curse that he was trying to pronounce on Israel, he said this about them. He said, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. He's talking about someone. A star will come out of Jacob. And um, so in this case, the star is being associated with a person. A scepter will arise out of Israel. A scepter is what a monarch carries. It's a sign of his authority as a king or a queen. And uh, he will crush the foreheads of Moab, the skulls of all the people of Sheth, probably the earlier descendants or the earlier inhabitants of Moab. And so um, uh, this this prophecy that was made in Numbers 24, 17, perhaps that was um, in their possession. And they knew that that this star was connected to someone who would be a king. And um, perhaps they even had access to Isaiah, and uh, knew the passage of Scripture in Isaiah 7.14 that said, a virgin will conceive and bear a son, and we will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us, and so forth. So it's very possible that um, they had been in contact with Jews who had given them limited, not complete, information about a king, A Messiah who would be born in Israel, who would be more than just a king, but be a very special king. And um, this is what they've come to see. They've not just come to worship a king, but worship a very special king. I love the story of the Magi because it seems that with very little information, They were moved in their hearts and in their spirits. Moved to the point of uh, doing something about it. To um, have made a journey from, let's say, somewhere Babylon or further east to Israel uh, could have taken as long as three months for them. And uh, that's a commitment. You think about a three-month trip both ways, uh, that's half a year. That's a, a large chunk out of a person's life, at great expense, um, at great risk, because um, there were um, there were thieves on the roads. Uh, they would have had to have had some sort of protection, particularly carrying some of the valuable things that they were they were carrying. Um, we don't know their wealth or lack of wealth. Um, uh, this is a great uh, sacrifice to them, and yet they felt that it was worth it. They they came not only out of curiosity, but they came to worship. It it indicates that there was a faith process going on within them, and God was in the midst of doing something uh, very significant in their lives. Well, let's go on, and we're going to come back. We'll talk a little bit more about the significance of the Wise men, uh, I have a hard time calling them magi just because I've been used to calling them wise men. Forgive me if I slip and do that. Let's, let's go to verse 3 of chapter 2. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all, his, and all Jerusalem with him. And let's talk about his d- disturbance. Um, if you were King Herod, And some people from a long way off came and said, where is the one that's been born king of the Jews? Um, You would be disturbed as well. Uh, Simply because he was king of the Jews. What do you mean, someone born king of the Jews? Would that be my son? Uh, Just a little uh, word about Herod. He was a very ruthless man. Um, He had killed his own wife had killed three of his sons um, a number of other relatives he was very suspicious very insecure and um, ruthless in what he did his security as leader was everything and so hearing about a possible uh, rival to his throne to his kingship would have been a very great concern to him and um All Jerusalem as well uh, were disturbed. You know, hearing that there was a king that was born and they didn't know about it, didn't didn't know anything about it. Let's go on to verse 4. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. And so um, he realizes that this is a... um, thing that's that somehow connected with the faith of these Jews and um, you know God's imprint is all over this and even Herod could see it and so not that he's yielding to God but he's wanting to know everything that can be known about this quote king of the Jews and so they reply in bethlehem in judea for this is what is written for this is what the prophet has written. And now, this is a, uh, a quote from Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And so um, they, they quote Micah chapter 5, verse 2 to, to Herod. He realizes that this King of the Jews will be born in Bethlehem. The Magi didn't know this. That was part of the Old Testament prophecy that they hadn't gotten. And so Herod called the, call the Magi and uh, secretly found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. What's he, what's he doing in his mind? He's trying to figure out how old this baby might be, so he'll know what to look for. Or if he's going to be destroying um, a certain aged boy in Bethlehem, he'll need to know what age to start with. And so they give him the date when they saw the star first arise in the sky. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child as soon as you find him. Report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. Do you think he was going to worship them, him? You're right, he wasn't. But he's thinking, uh, what's the age of this child? If these wise men find him and they think that I'm too interested in worshiping, they'll identify where he's located and I can wipe him out and uh, eliminate any possible threat to my throne. And so uh, that's King Herod and his involvement in the birth of Christ. Let's go on to verse 9. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When When they saw the star They were overjoyed on coming to the house. They saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. We'll stop here for a minute and talk about some of the things that we've just read. So. The star. appeared to them in the east. Just a few weeks ago, we had a, um, an unusual um, star conjunction in our skies. I, my wife and I went, and uh, I think it was a, perhaps a Monday night, and we looked at Saturn and Jupiter very close together. And it was phenomenal. It was great to see I understand that in 7 BC there was a similar uh, conjunction of those two stars, and some have conjectured that that was the star of Bethlehem, the, uh, the conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter. Uh, that's, a, that's a possibility. The only uh, thing that's hard to explain is, is on the end of, uh, of Jerusalem to Bethlehem. Because the scripture specifically says, and I believe um, it's in verse 9. Let's go back to verse 9 for just a minute. So after they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star which they had seen when it rose, that is back in the east, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. So um, we don't have any indication that the star um, led them across the desert, as, as perhaps we've been taught from, um, you know, just from tradition. But they did see it arise in the east, concluded that it had significance and represented this king of the Jews. Um, and then they went to Jerusalem to find out more. And as they heard that Bethlehem was the place and begin to walk towards Bethlehem, which is about five miles from Jerusalem, not far, the star seems to um, go ahead of them and then stops over the place or the home where the child was, where Jesus was. That wouldn't be Saturn and Jupiter doing that. That would be some other kind of... um, Luminous, um, miraculous um, object in the sky that God had created for that specific purpose. I, I don't know any way to explain it other than um, if we take the words of Scripture here in verse nine as being accurate, um, that would have had to have been a very special uh, once, of, once of a one of a kind. Um, phenomenon that occurred, that it actually led and stopped over the home where Jesus was. Uh, Something more for you to think about, we won't spend more time on that now, but I love their reaction in verse 10. Let's look at verse 10. So when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Um, I, I get the impression that they had seen it, had not seen it during their trip and then saw it again as it either led them or stood over the house where Jesus was and, um, seeing the star again, they recognized it and they're overjoyed uh, because they recognize that, uh, there's a miracle taking place. They realize that, that this is real, that they're, um, Hunches about something special happening as a result of this star are being fulfilled. Uh, so, so this is an amazing time for them. I can just, um, um, can just imagine the, the way their hearts were burning with joy and with, with anticipation. And then in verse 11, we have the, uh, the actual worship scene where they come to the house They see the child with his mother. Just uh, stopping for a minute, uh, we're not at at the manger anymore. Um, We've had Mary and Joseph have circumcised the child. They've gone through the rite of purification and the consecration of Jesus at the temple. They've returned to Nazareth, and somehow they've ended up back in Bethlehem. Um, Some scholars feel that Joseph had property in Bethlehem, which is why he came there in the first first place to pay taxes, and that they decided to leave Nazareth and come and live in Bethlehem. And this seems to uh, fit the story well, and it will uh, continue to fit the story well as we talk further next week about what happens after this point. So they're, they're in Bethlehem. And at this point, how old is Jesus? Just moving ahead to next week, and I don't want to take all the thunder away from next week, but we do know that that Herod um, decided to kill all the boys in Bethlehem that were two years of age and younger. And so... um, he did that based on when the wise men told him that the star had arisen in the east. And so um, it would be safe for us to conclude that Jesus could have been as old as two years old or, or younger. Um, Herod certainly could have said, well, I'm going to give a couple of months or more leeway for any, anyone older than that, just so that there will be no doubt that I've gotten the right person. Uh, so um, we don 't know for sure how old Jesus was, but um, he could have been as old as two years or or pr- probably less than that, but certainly not an infant anymore and so they come into the home and they bow down and worshiped him, and uh, bowing down for an Easterner is kneeling with head and, and face and arms to the ground. It's a, it's a, I love to see it because it's so um, humble. It's such a, a way to show honor and submission to someone greater. And they bowed down to, to Jesus and worshiped him. And they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Um, gold, frankincense and myrrh. Sometimes uh, we've thought that there were three wise men because there are mentioned three kinds of gifts, but we don't know that that's true. There could have been um, many more than that. We know there there was a plurality. There were at least two and uh, could, could have been many more. What a great worship scene. And uh, then I'd just like to stop here for a minute. Um, do we have in our own hearts a desire to worship God, to worship Jesus? Would we be willing to make a six-month trip just to worship him, just to show him honor? It's It's humbling to think about the love and the commitment and the faith of these wise men. But let's go on. Verse 12. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they return to their country by another route. And so, these wise men, as we can see in this verse, are sensitive to God. Um, they're warned in a dream not to go back to Herod. And they recognize the dream as coming from God. That speaks of sensitivity. Uh, someone who's callous to the things of God would give that dream no thought at all, they would think only out of their heads. But these men have been used to thinking um, out of their hearts. They've used, been used to hearing what God is saying. And um, so they respond to God and they went back to their country by, by another route. We'll see next week how important that was for them. I'd like to, to for us to think about two things as we wrap up today. You may ask yourself, why is this story of the wise men included in the scripture and in the story of Jesus' birth, and um, for me, it's probably it's probably my favorite part of the story. I just love um, seeing the faith of these people who had so little to go on, who just probably had fragments of scripture that they had read, and the testimony of probably just a few people that could help them and guide them in figuring out what this star was all about that they saw. And then their determination to act on what they believed was true. And they act and they, they get off the dime. They're not afraid. Or maybe they are afraid and they act anyway. And they go. Their example of faith and openness to God is just um, unbelievable. Unbelievable. But there's another lesson to be learned from this story. And the lesson is um, something that comes from God. God is communicating to us through this story that Jesus was not just king of the Jews. He was not just Lord of the Jews, not just sent to bring salvation to the Jews, but he was meant as a light for the whole world, for Gentiles as well as Jews. And I'm so glad for that because I happen to be a Gentile. I love Jewish people, but I'm not Jewish by heritage. And I'm so glad that God made a way for me and for you who are not Jews to come to faith in him. I'd like you to read a scripture with me, Isaiah 49.6. This is a prophecy about Jesus. Isaiah says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant, God is speaking, to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. And so, in the people that God revealed the birth of his son to, think about who he revealed the birth of his son to. He revealed him to Zechariah and Elizabeth. In the, the uh, birth of their son, John the Baptist, he was also, uh, he, the, the angel revealed Jesus as well uh, to Mary, to Joseph, humble people, to shepherds really a lower c- class of uh, Jewish citizen, and then to uh, magi who weren't even Jews. They were not God's chosen people. They lived in a foreign land. They, were, they didn't have the temple. They didn't have any of the, the Old Testament worship that we're so familiar with. And yet God revealed his son to them so that they could come and worship him. And he's been doing that ever since. The gospel has been taken to people that had no background in the Lord. People that never heard the name of Jesus or hearing about him and coming to faith in him. Jesus truly was sent as a light for the Gentiles as well as to the Jews. So the story of the Magi, is a great story it's so important to the overall story of christmas and in the coming of christ we have one more um, session in the christ coming that we're going to deal with next week and just encourage you to join us again next week to finish the story of christ's coming but today let's pray together before we end thank you lord for this beautiful story. I'm humbled every time I read of the Magi and their courage, their faith to step out and to act on something that they had no guarantees would be true or would lead to anything real. And yet they believed and they did what you were directing them to do. May we be like them. May we take what we know and act on it. When you prompt our hearts, may we respond. May we recognize all the ways that you lead us and all the ways that you communicate with us. May we be like the wise men. And God, may we be like you in taking your word to people of all kinds of uh, religion, of all kinds of race, uh, every location in the world. May everyone hear about Jesus. We pray these things in his mighty name, amen. God bless you.